It's game time, heroes. Welcome to the Outlaws Outpost. Welcome, 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 heroes of the Outlaws Outpost, your unofficial guide to the best Overwatch League team, brought to you by the Surly Nerd Podcast and the official Houston Outlaws supporter group in Austin, the Lone Star Vanguard. I'm your host, James, and with me this week, we have the producer of this fine show, Tony. That is the longest way to say the, the Lone Star Vanguard, by the way, like the longest possible I know, way. I, I, I try and fancy it up a little bit. Yeah, it's just, there's a lot of words in that. <laughs> <laughs> and we have a very special guest this week. Would you like to introduce yourself to the audience? Hey, I'm uh, Neutron, and I'm a uh, co-founder of the Lone Star Vanguard here in Austin. All right, so we have a lot of stuff to talk about. Uh, for those of you new to the show, what the heck is the Outlaws Outpost? Well, it just so happens that our favorite Overwatch League team is the Houston Outlaws, and we have way too much to say about them. So here we are, ready to chat and debate all things Outlaws. This week on the show, we're going to be talking about the first two weeks of Season 2 of the Overwatch League. So uh, for those of you who have been with us for a while, uh, our show format last season, uh, because it was our first time doing it, I've never been a sportscaster before. I don't really do sports traditionally. Uh, therefore, We've literally never even to a sports radio show. Therefore, I'm not as familiar with how to do it. So last season, uh, I really kind of went play-by-play and tried to, like, you know, describe each game as it happened. Uh, I figure if you're listening to the show, you've probably watched most of these games. Uh, So going into season two, uh, I just pulled up kind of a list of talking points for each uh, game that went on, Mm -hmm. and we'll kind of dive into that and, and, and get into the mess that was the first two weeks of the Houston Outlaws and the Overwatch League, and what a mess it was. Holy crap. Uh, I think I just I mean the the cherry on top would be the match against Nixel. <laughs> I mean I mean look we get it they're good I mean but it was just there was no um, it was just clear after Nepal mm-hmm. that they that our goats could not compete with theirs. <laughs> a week I mean we couldn't touch them. Yeah, we won sure. a couple of team fights but okay so I uh, um, so let's let's I did not this. watch that episode. Yeah yeah of. The, it, it was probably. I, I've been behind because honestly, uh, what you just mentioned was the one reason why I don't want to watch Overwatch League right now is is the goats meta meta that's going on. Mm-hmm. This uh, the tanks with the healers is boring as hell to me. It makes the so matches simple. go on far too long. I, it's the it's this everybody's playing the exact same. Not thing. the last Outlaws match. I was away. That was a speedrun of the Outlaws. <laughs> okay, so so we'll get into. But that. I, I bring this up point. Well, I'm not interested in it. Viewership of Overwatch League is up thirty percent. That is true. It is so true that from last, from, from last year, and that's that's quite a bit of improvement. That's a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, this is one of those things that people were wondering: Is the Overwatch League going to be something that has staying power? Right? Mm-hmm. You know, we and it's, it still has growth potential right now, from what we're seeing. Yeah, I mean, we had the addition of what was it? Six new teams that came Correct. in. Mm-hmm. Uh, six new teams came in, and I mean, let's uh, you know, this kind of leads us right into our first week, which is one of the new teams, which is the Toronto Defiant. So it was the Houston Outlaws versus the Toronto Defiant. None of us could really predict how this match was going to go because we had no concept of who Toronto was. I mean, we'd was. seen the other players in like contenders and stuff, yeah. but together as a unit, we don't know how they yeah. were going to function. And, and even the Overwatch League players have said like being on this stage is something vastly different than, you know, training or being in contenders. Like being up on that stage with people in front of you, like it does change things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, you mentioned how um, you haven't really played sports or, you know, cast a sports or anything like that. So there's two kinds of speeds. There's Training speed, there was game speed. So I played soccer all throughout junior high, high school, I even played in college. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can be the first to tell you that certain players 
whenever they're doing their times uh, in a controlled environment or they're in practice, they're real, they're a little bit slower, mm-hmm. right? So they to, that's that's their training speed. But their in-game speed is it's they're they're a different animal. When the adrenaline's kicking in and you have that feral instinct of just go go go, I mean it. There's a, there's a huge difference. There's guys that you go up against in practice, mm-hmm. right? That I mean you could read like a book. They um, you knew what what they were going to do at any given time, and you can you can anticipate their movements or the way their tendencies, right? Right. But come game time. Or actual scrims, it's a different story, it, yeah. and so the, that def, I can see how that is it totally or applies itself to the Overwatch League. I mean, once you're on stage, man, I mean, nerves get in, the crowd's getting is yelling at you, mm-hmm. or I mean, it's just it gets the best of you. It, of course, yeah. you have to be mentally strong. Too, and, and at so. the very beginning, it seemed like that's exactly what was happening. You came into this, you know, game versus the Toronto Defiant, and it seemed like a veteran Overwatch team who the Outlaws playing against a brand new team. Those first two maps that we watched the Outlaws go up against them in, we were all at a watch party for this, and they they dominated. Like the, They had a couple stumbling points here and there, but for the most part, the Outlaws came out swinging, and we're like, oh, man, they've got this. They're, they're going to win it. They're going to win the, their first game of the season. This is going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. And then halftime happened, and then what the fuck happened after that? Like, everything just went south, yep. like, out of nowhere. And this seems to be, like, this this tradition that we're going to hear over and over again this season where any time the Houston Outlaws have to go to a map five, and don't get me wrong, this is an Outlaws podcast, and we love the Outlaws, but we have problems with map fives, and we have problems with Route 66. I'll tell you what happened. Yeah. Uh, they took they took on Spree after map two and mm-hmm. put Cool Man in. Um, and after that, it was kind of downhill from there. But, I mean, this is my, this is no, my no, opinion. No, no, no. It's important for us to talk about this because this is going to be a, a constant topic that's going to be brought up as we go through this because we're looking at these roster choices that Houston Outlaws are making, and we're going, but why? Right? Like, we have people like Dante on Zarya. And you're like, don't get me wrong. Dante's a great Zarya. But you have Spree. Yep. Like, wh- why are we making these roster picks that we are? Why is Jake only coming in for a game or a match mm-hmm. and then being subbed out when he was, like, the high-performing player of that match? Well, see, it, it, it goes down to what Tony said. It's the, it's the meta. It forces you to play. The only way, you know, the mentality right now is the only way to beat GOATs is to play GOATs. Right. Um, so you have uh, Nepal, for example, right? We played Nepal the first uh, the first three matches. And um, we come out there with a different with a different uh, composition, right? We had the Farah, was it Farah, May, Hammond? Uh, it was kind of like this weird dive diving composition that we had the first right. couple of matches, and we were for the most part dominating Nepal. I don't think we lost Nepal until we played Nixel, right? right? And even in and even when, when we played New York, um, when we came up with that with that wonky composition, I mean, we still. Had Nepal, it was very close, mm-hmm. right? It wasn't until we decided on on Village, hey, let's trade off, let's go back into Goats to try to beat them at Goats that that we lost the map at right. that point. I don't know why we who, it, why they made the switch, but but it's not just that we have things like they're putting like Linkser onto uh, onto uh, Brigida. Like why? Like why was that a decision that? And you saw as Linkser? soon as Linkser got switched back to Widowmaker. Headshot after fucking oh, yeah. headshot. It was disgusting. it was amazing. And but whenever and he's good on Brigitte. I get that. But, he's but, good. But, it, but he's way better. Like literally, see, like for year one, he had more kills, more headshots than anyone else in the entirety of league. Yeah. What it was Linkser's widow plays. Yeah. Why isn't he playing widow? Right. Well, the thing that's it goes back to. I mean, when you have four tanks on the field on the field, right, and they're just gonna bull rush you. 
um, with their speed, with, I mean, which is Lucy just recently got nerfed. But it's just, I mean, you, it's they're fighting an uphill battle at that point. It's true. I and think I, that I, the, mo- the mobility heroes that they had with like the the, the Pharah, they had the the uh, the Tracer, the Sombra, and Hammond. I mean, those guys you can't catch. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense that we should be running that and i mean we have we've gotten success with it but but we also have a situation in which if anybody pays attention to the goats meta you know this idea of just having all these shields in front of you all these tanks in front of you you know if you run high dps uh characters like you know a junk rat or a pharah then you have a chance of you know downing that Ryan shield. You take down the Ryan shield. You take down the Ryan. That's where the dominoes start to fall. That's where the goats falls apart. Was when that Ryan falls. Yeah, and, and it just seems that right now with the damage output within the current patch that they're running on, the DPS pl- characters don't have enough power to take down the shields fast enough. Right. right, and we will talk about this a little bit later in the episode because that is going to change. That all of that changes very soon. Um, I mean, fingers crossed, but yeah. like, I'm still not foreseeing that. Right. But I mean, th- that's we go into this match with the, with the the Defiant. We take down the first few matches, no problem. Then we go into the second two. That forces us into a map five, and now there is something that they are on Reddit on everywhere is calling the curse of the map five. Like mm-hmm. the outlaws have it's a just, curse. We, it's not just map five; it's also Route sixty six. Yes. It was the combination of the two things that the outlaws are the worst at. Yeah. And I mean, we, there's even weird choices that were made during that first match against the Defiant. Like they had uh, Reaper on Volskaya, and everybody was kind of like, "What? That was a weird choice." But I guess we we went with that. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this is what we're, we're we're seeing a lot in the beginning of this season is just odd roster picks. Whereas we we should be having more synergy because we didn't trade out a lot of players. Mm-hmm. Uh, it almost feels like we're having to overcompensate because we don't know how to fight the goats meta. Yeah, after this amount of time and this this uh, this playing together for this long, they should know their character choices in and out to where somebody can say, I'm going with Reaper and you shouldn't have to question it. Right. And they, they know exactly what they're doing. Right. But we as the audience have to be like, what the hell are they doing? But they should know. Right. But it didn't look like they knew what the hell they were doing. And that's the problem. Their choices feel like they haven't been playing together th- this entire time. Right. I mean, so so we kind of move on from there, and then we go into our, our next match, which is up, up against Boston. And this this roster swap idea comes up yet again. It rears its ugly head. We've got Spree on a Diva. We've got Lynxer on, on Brig. We have, uh, Link, and also on Ana. We have Dante on Zarya. And like I, I'm just sitting there watching it going like, why? What's going on back there in the coaching room that we thought that this is a good idea? You're like, why is Dante on Zarya at all? Rosa? Well, I mean, da- Dante does have a record of, of doing off-tank play. Yeah. But he is primarily known as a DPS slash Sombra player. Yeah. He is widely considered to be one of the best Sombras in the world. So, the fuck? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It's, it's You were there. You watched the Boston game. Like, what did you think about it? I mean, yeah, just kind of a lot of the same argument, you know, it's just kind of what's going on um it it feels like the outlaws just outplay themselves mm-hmm. it's like that scene in the last samurai when tom cruise is um he's going up against the the, the one that's giving him all the shit the entire time he's mm-hmm. like the number two you know what i'm talking about we've seen the last samurai yeah. it's been a long okay. time since i've seen the last samurai and so he's he's going on there and he's getting beat he's getting beat every time and then um uh i forget his name but the the son, right, of the, of the owner of the village walks up and tells him, hey, like, too many mind. Mm-hmm. Like, no mind, too many mind. Basically telling him, like, you're thinking too much. Like, mm-hmm. don't think about it. Just feel the fight. You know, like, be part of the fight. 
Um, and sure enough, he finally goes toe to toe, and he ends up in a draw. Yeah. It feels like all the all the decisions that coaching decisions have gone into um, composi- team composition or players on the field have always been to try to counteract mm-hmm. the opposing team. But if they're not. They're that's the, that itself is the issue. Right. Is that they're not playing their style. They're trying to play something else. Right. So like last season when they were like when everyone was telling them yeah you need a tracer so they're putting Jake on tracer. He's not a he's not a tracer player. Like right. I mean it's just he's just not. There are two different t- types of play. For like, sure. Every time I get on tracer, I go, what the hell am I doing? What is this backwards <laughs> time travel thing? I don't get it. And. In, because some people are good at that, right. yeah. but they're not going to be good at other things. There's not no one person in Overwatch League is great at every single character. It's just not yeah. that's not the way it works. And so it's just becoming a lot of the fact that you know, a lot of well, we need we need someone to fill this role. So I guess you will do. Um, and it's just it's just not working out, man. And, it's just- and, I, and I see what you're saying about them getting in their own head because when you were watching the Boston game, you had moments where Muma was there, and you know he's playing Reinhardt. He's got a shatter. He goes for his shatter, and it, it looked like gold level play. Like, and, and that's not Muma. That's not, like, we've seen him make some amazing shatters, but some of those things just came up short, and you're like, wait, what's going on here? Like, why why would you shatter at that point? Like, yeah, he's whiffed a f- couple of, like, shatters already, and I would do that myself because I'm in gold. Yeah. Um, but it's just, I mean... Yeah, and, and that's really, really rough. I mean, there's some, definitely some highlights because you see Coolmat come out during the Boston game. You get to see him on D.Va, and when Coolmat's on D.Va, like, it's good. Like you see how amazing Cool Matt is at Diva when he when he gets the opportunity to do it, which was fantastic. Um, you know, there were moments in the Boston game where you saw like Rockus's Zen being really good, being that Zen that we remember from the first season. That you were just like, yeah, if somebody's gonna go toe to toe with Jonak, you know, it's gonna be yeah. Which he he did. He knocked him. He knocked Jonak out himself a couple of times, mm-hmm. but. You know, it's just, I mean, that's just one of the, one of the many bricks on the wall. So. Yeah. And I mean, we've got Boink and he's looking, he's looking amazing right now. Like, he is. He, he really is. Like, keep that man in. He's like doing such a, a really great job and he's really great for the meta right now. It's fantastic. I, I never would have thought I would say this, but yeah, let, let, let him play, let him play more Lucio. I don't, yeah. I don't, just, I don't think I would have ever imagined myself <laughs> saying that, but leave Lucio in for some reason. And you know what the weirdest part about this, and I, I, I do want to talk about this a little bit right now. The meta is the goats, right? It's the three tanks, three supports, and that's what most people are running. But have you ever noticed that Houston is like at their strongest when they're not running that composition? Like when we do have that fair in the air, when we do like go, when we deviate from that mm-hmm. that meta composition, like you watch all of our players come out swinging when they're outside of that composition. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, we really have a lot of talented DPS players on the team, um, and. Th- I think the rest of the league is also frustrated with the current meta. Mm-hmm. I mean, viewership is up, um, but there's, I mean, obviously the new teams coming in, um, you know, getting a lot of traction, the, the marketing outside of the Overwatch League, you know, with the Lucios and the Legos and the Nerf guns, that obviously is creating a lot of hype for it. So naturally you're going to have a lot more viewership, but the reality is, is I mean, the, everyone that's watching the games is that, yeah, they're going to root for their team, but they are frustrated with meta just as we are. Mm-hmm. And the prime example of that was when the Outlaws came out on Anubis with their divey composition, right? With the, with, sorry, with the, mm-hmm. yeah, with the, the Hammond and the Pharah and, and the Sombra. Mm-hmm. Everyone cheered. Right. This was up against the, uh, the Spark, was against, which is the third game. This was against Nixel. No, oh, this was against Nixel. This okay. was against Nixel. Um, it was map three. They came out. This was their chance to try and maybe start the reserve sweep. They came out in their, in their dive composition. Everyone cheered. They because it wasn't goats. <laughs> it wasn't goats. Yeah. They poked, 
and they saw, oh, they're running goats. So what did they do? They turned around, switched into goats, and everyone started to boo in right. the arena. Yeah. And that is, a, and it, we even at the watch party, we were kind of like, we were like, oh right, hell yeah, like they got their they got their dive back, and then no, no, everyone was just at that point it was just no more goats, man. Like we knew, I mean, especially if you know you can't beat Nexal at goats, don't run it. Yeah, if just you run, can't run beat them, don't else. run it. Something else. Run quad DPS at that point and see what happens. Yeah, man. Look, it's kind of like, it's 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 you know in football, right? I mean, if they're if you can't beat them at the at the spread offense, if you don't have the the speed and size for it, don't run a spread offense. Mm-hmm. You know, if if all of your linemen are 300, 340 pounds, right, and they're they're trained to do a power running attack, do run power runs. I mean, that's what you do. You don't try to mold your team around something that you're not built for. I mean, it's just, that's what it is. Yeah. And I mean, as everything kind of winded, uh, would wind down from what was going on with Boston, yeah, everything was pushed to a map five, but again, there's the map five curse. It just pops, it rears its ugly head again. At least it wasn't Route 66 this time. It's true. <laughs> so the, that kind of brings us into week two where we get to play up against fan favorite, the Spark. Right. And yep. I feel like, you know, the Houston Outlaws are pretty widely regarded as one of the most popular Overwatch League teams. Not in the sense that, like, everybody loves them. They just have a really strong fan base, like a very vocal fan base. And the Sparks seem to be that now. Like, they're the other ones that just everybody really roots for. They get it's, Honestly, it's because the colors are bright neon pink and bright neon blue. <laughs> Probably. That's exactly why. Everybody looked at it and went, I like that color combination. Yep. Right. Finger guns, bang, bang. And, and all of a sudden, everything falls into place at that point. You have things like, you know, Jake got to stay in for a few maps. You had, you know, people putting Zarya on, uh, Spree on Zarya, and it just stayed that way. Everything, mm. all the, the questions that we asked, you know, of the previous matches suddenly just went, here they are. Here's the answer. And that's the thing is that after losing those first two and seeing how strong the spark works, I believe they were undefeated until this point. Yeah, they were. The spark, I was worried for this fight. I was like, crap, man. Like, we're going to probably lose against the spark because they're undefeated. They are a strong team that totally knows exactly what compositions they want to run. And we're the fuck all over the place. And yet we managed to pull this off. It was mind-blowing to me to see that. And, like, you could even hear it in the later matches where um, – the spark would play other teams. Um, the, even the comment, uh, the commentators were like, you know, I think they got shaken up by the outlaws. Like they were, they were solid, and then they lost to the outlaws, and they're just like, what the fuck? Uh, uh, the the argument, well, not the argument, but I guess what's going on right now is well, after they played the outlaws, they played um, uh, the London Spitfire mm-hmm. and got rocked by the Spitfire. Yeah. Um, so now the the talk conversation is. Naturally, of course, are saying, "Well, maybe the outlaws aren't that good. It's just that um, they were able to re- realize after the first two matches that that the Spark are very aggressive. Mm-hmm. So they just used that against them and just kind of uh, they exposed a lot of the mistakes that they were doing, mm-hmm. right? Because the outlaws beat them, so they're like, oh, you know, they, there's been there's the outlaws. They've been all along. The IQ 900, right, on Anubis when they had them rotate." Their, heal, their supports back into the Outlaw spawn and trap them and whatnot. Yeah, I mean, uh, this is absolutely ridiculous. If you go back and watch that match, you watch the Outlaws trap them mm-hmm. in their spawn. Like, and, they mm-hmm. can't get out of the ship. <laughs> and, of course, now the, the conversation is, well, maybe the maybe the Hanzo Spark are just, very, are just are being, not the Hanzo Spark, but you get the idea. Uh, the Spark are just too that's, aggressive. That's, that's their new name is the Hanzo and, Spark. And, and, they're, <laughs> and, they're, and they're playing themselves. Yeah. So, um, and to be honest, I, I can kind of, See that? Um, I mean, when you're the when you are the new hot team, right? Right. And I'll use another I'll use another football um, comparison. Is a dual threat quarterback, mm-hmm. right? First comes into the NFL, right? This guy's quick, he's fast, he's unpredictable because he likes to keep the ball a lot and run, right? 
mobile quarterbacks in the NFL, with the exception of Russell Wilson, um, they don't have a very life, a very long lifespan. They have one good season, where because of the fact that you don't know what they're going to do, you mm-hmm. don't know which if he's going to run the ball, if he's going to hand it off, if he's going to throw it or what. But after that first couple of games or the entire entirety of the first season, they are done. Mm-hmm. They, they, the they unknown factors. Yeah, they, you get film on them. You see, you understand. You start understanding their tendencies. Um, just the, all the mistakes in their game start getting just magnified. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's why that you, that's why you don't have dual threat quarterbacks in the NFL. I mean, you just don't. They they don't have a very lifelong one in the league. Right. So you think that the spark is going to be strong right now because they are the new unexpected hotness? I but- mean, well, I mean, they came out swinging, right? They came out very super aggressive, and you know they. Teams probably weren't prepared for them mm-hmm. uh, as well as they should have been, and it's it showed in the first two matches. But I think, I mean, after you have two solid matches of film on a team, then you can kind of start understanding, you know. No, you make a really good point because honestly, that's one of the things that's always annoyed me about Overwatch League is the sitting in spawn and waiting like a good minute and a half, and you're like, the game's already started. Could you just please go fight each other now? Mm-hmm. Or, or like, I get that you need to regroup and stay together and do pushes and things like that, but after a while, you're like. This isn't that entertaining. They, on the other hand, are running balls out. And you're like, wait, wait, we're, we're supposed to wait. And why are you all running at us? This is weird. Yeah. And after you figure out that they're just going to keep running at you, you can easily counter it because you're like, they're way faster to pick them off one by one. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things that when you're watching Overwatch League and they're all kind of just huddled down in the spawn for a second, you know, for us as players, we're like, wow, this is boring as shit. But for them, like, that's, it's the heat of the moment for them. Like, mm-hmm. they're like, okay, what do we need to do? What do we need to change? Like, the, you know, those comms are being rattled off while they are sitting there doing Yeah, that. no. And whenever you see somebody like the Spark, which is like, I guess, still rattling off comms, but just not sticking around and just going, mm-hmm. that's where the other teams, like the Outlaws or anybody else, is going to be like, wait, hold on a second. We don't play that way. And then once you realize that's how they're, they're playing the wrong way, you have to show them that they're playing the wrong way by beating the crap out of them. Yeah. <laughs> and so this kind of takes us to our last match that we're going to be talking about, and we're going to only talk about this very briefly, and that was their uh, match against uh, the New York Excelsior uh, versus Nixel. This was a 4-0 shutout. Uh, this was probably one of the quickest matches in Overwatch League history. Like, I don't think we even showed up to that game. I think that they... I think <laughs> We it, just forfeited. It just... It, the game started, and then it was over. Like that. It, that's how quick it was. Uh, yeah. I mean... Well, here's the thing. I think um, the loss in Nepal is what really set the tone for the rest of the, the series. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, t- t- I touched on it briefly in the beginning when we had our when we have our Nepal um, non goats uh, composition, mm-hmm. which is the Hammond, the Farah. Um, I mean, we took the first, we uh, Nixon took the, the point first for like maybe I think fifteen seconds or so, and then we retook it. Um, and we held it till I think it was around maybe around sixty or seventy percent. We lost one team fight, and we clearly all we had we lost one team fight. And for whatever reason, hey, let's go goats. Mm-hmm. Came back, and of course after that, I mean it was done. We 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 couldn't take the point back. Then we went into we went into shrine. No, not shrine. I think it was temple. I keep forgetting the the you know, okay. that particular map. But you get the, you get yeah. the idea. Um, and then, I mean, we, we, we got, and we couldn't even touch point at that point. We had people out of position. We had like everything. We could not come back together. At that yeah, point. We just got punched in the mouth. And then after that, uh, you know, 
it's just after that, man. I mean, you saw Jake at halftime slamming his desk. Yeah. And I mean, and I, feel for, I feel for the dude. Like, that, that's got to be frustrating. It's it's 100%. I'm actually surprised that, you know, people are having the conversation right now of like, oh, you know, like, we should support Jake and this and that. Like, it, it goes to show the raw emotion that these players feel. I was like, yeah, you're right. I'm actually surprised we don't see that enough. Yeah. In my right? opinion, if I was. I'm on, really glad nobody's throwing keyboard in my surroundings. Right. All over the place. But like, yeah. Those screens up there are very expensive. And yeah. <laughs> oh, especially the ones this season. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm no I'm just I'm just saying. I mean think think of it this way, man. How many in any other sport, like when do you see getting I mean you getting rocked like that mm-hmm. and then just keeping your mouth shut? No, everyone's Throwing Gatorade bottles at each other. Hockey is literally yeah. known for this. Yeah, <laughs> in hockey, you're getting fights. In soccer, you're slide, slide tackling someone's knee, destroying their meniscus. And, and, and I see, <laughs> I see, I see Jake's frustration though, because I mean, they were targeting him. Like they did go after him. Like they looked for him to be out of position. Mm-hmm. They they knew that he could do some damage to the DPS, and they went after mm-hmm. him. And when you know you're being targeted like that, like that frustration's gonna build up. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, it's, it's a really rough go for the first couple of weeks for the uh, Houston Outlaws. Now, with that in mind, let's kind of talk very briefly about the season standings or, or the, the proposed st- – not the actual standings, but what people are predicting. Mm-hmm. So we were at about, like, mid-tier at the uh, beginning of the season, and uh, Tony was hoping that we'd stay around mid-tier. I was hoping I w- that we would rise. I was, I was expecting us to stay at mid or drop Yeah, based on – and now we've Looking got some, some new were. ones, like uh, I think Monty's coming out and saying some stuff, and, and we've definitely been bumped down uh, in the in the standings in his mind. Uh, do you think that's uh, accurate? Do you think it's a, a At viable? the moment, I mean, yeah. If if, if the Outlaws are going to be playing their best um, compositions and are going to be try, are going to try to play the meta, yeah. I mean, it's 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 showing, you know. Um, you know, Jane po- uh, pointed out that Fusion have trash coats, uh, and he was he was. Right, you know, mm-hmm. um, are we our goats isn't that good? It just isn't. Mm-hmm. Um, can we get better at it for sure? Right. Um, but at, I mean, at this point right now, we have Florida coming up. Mm-hmm. Uh, Florida beat the Fusion. Um, who you know, maybe maybe ours is a little bit better than the Fusion. It's going to be difficult to say. But at this point, Florida is going to be a. a, a uh, a toss up. I mean, last season we barely beat them. We went to about five with Florida last season. I don't even remember that. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is when Florida hadn't won that many, that many games. Yeah, they were definitely they're, lower on the totem pole back then. Right, they're a little bit stronger this this year around. Yeah. Um, so who knows? And then you got the rain in the last game of the season. I think we're gonna. I think we're gonna get destroyed by the rain. You think so? I think so. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're actually trying to with the friend you know running torb and this and that bring them running wonky compositions mm-hmm. i think that you know if, if it's working to their advantage though yeah it's something that we should we should be taking something from that playbook too mm-hmm. um so remember when we were the first ones to run torb and it totally worked let's maybe have some of that ingenuity they were the first ones to get a kill with torb <laughs> so yeah. there's that at least so that kind of you know you bring up an excellent point though as we're kind of rounding the first end of the first weeks for the first uh set of games um Obviously, there are things that need to be discussed here, like uh, we just got the the release on the PTR of the new Hero Baptiste. Yes. And do we think that this is a character that will alter the current meta of Overwatch? So there are definitely arguments on both sides of the spectrum. Um, there was actually recently a pretty cool uh, uh, clip from Pine mm-hmm. from uh, New York Excelsior. Um, of him using uh, playing as Reaper using Death Blossom through his little uh, amplification um, 
field yeah, right. and just melted the the enemy team. So, um, you know, with him and his kit, there's a lot of survivability involved, especially with his little invulnerability field or um, uh, yeah, it's called invulnerability. Yeah, yeah, that that one thing, right, where you can't die. Um, a lot of people are saying, "Oh, great, there goes there goes um, you know, goats getting a buff again." But um, with all the all the other heroes getting buffed effectively essentially it's just yeah it's gonna be difficult to say but that's something that we do have to mention here is that you know in the patch notes that we just saw like everybody that's not goats related just got a buff right i'm excited for the main everybody says that and if you look at it yes they got slight improvements but they literally added a brand new character that is going to do nothing but reinforce that existing meta they brought in another healer that is going to just that it now makes the tanks impossible to kill you literally just doubled down on the what you people are very annoyed with. Mm. And this brings up a question that I kind of had for us. And we just kind of like yes or no, maybe. Um, should Blizzard change the patches specifically for Overwatch League to enforce more interesting gameplay? Say, screw what is what the people that are like playing it day to day are doing. Mm. We need to make this viable as a sport for people to watch and not get bored with. So could, we should make drastic changes sometimes just to shake things up. I could see the the positive in that. I see I see mm-hmm. where you're going with it. It's being like, yes, it should definitely be made more of a, a sports thing. But I think that one of the beauties of Overwatch League and why a lot of people do watch it that are mm-hmm. Overwatch players is that they get to watch the game that they play. Right, it may be a patch behind, but they pretty much get to watch the game that they play. No, no, I'm saying like they still, they still, we still get to play on that patch. But instead of doing small little buffs and nerfs here and there, they make drastic changes. Well, they yeah. force characters to basically be unplayable for a while, and and that to seems... make it where you don't have goats, you don't have one specific composition that if you don't run, you lose. And but it feels like this most recent patch was that. The fact that they went, think it was enough. that they increased so much damage across the board, like it's a ridiculous amount of damage that got buffed. It doesn't look like it per person, but like in total, it's a crap load of damage. And that means eating those shields, getting through those tanks, and getting to the back line. Um, well, here, the thing is, it's I, I'm I'm with a little bit with Tony in this regard because I, it's it's not going to go away. Goats isn't going to go any, anytime soon. I think no, compositions will always exist. Yeah, yeah. And I think... Um, but Goats is just the dive of last year. Right. Yeah, yeah, which we also got incredibly annoyed with. Right, but that was the that was the meta back then. Yeah. Um, I and think, what I mean is, should they go out of their way to make that no longer happen? To like at least change it up often enough to where it's not watching for an entire season one meta. I, I think so then, too, because is it, what's going to end up happening is you're going to start losing viewership. Mm-hmm. Eventually, I mean, yeah. See, I mean, we're barely into uh, week three, right? This is week yeah. three, um, and if, if if you get a lot of the same, where either because that's the that's the one thing about Overwatch. It's I used to watch the, the Apex League, the Korean League. Uh, it's it's they always had the team that is like okay, no matter what, it's like Shanghai, right? Like everyone's rooting for them or whatever, but you know they're always going to lose, mm-hmm. right? Then in, in it feels like in this current meta, it feels like. Um, even though there's a weird connector, connector of like everyone's kind of beating each other right now, um, it's going to get to the point where it's going to be the same teams that always win. So no matter if, if you watch your team, you know you're going to lose. Mm-hmm. That gets very frustrating to watch as, as a viewer. Right. Um, and I think that if you want to keep it healthy, you should you should make those changes so that viewership can stay engaged. Right. And people are going to play your game regardless. I, like I, they're gonna, they're, they're, it kind of poses my next my next little quick question. 
Um, if, let's say, we do very poorly over... I mean, this is really early to call it, but let's say we do poorly the entire season. Mm. Do we... What happened with Shanghai? Do we have a brand new team come season three? Do we just get rid of everybody, or are we going to still ride the same horse? Mm. I don't know. I... It's hard to say with the outlaws specifically because... Everybody loves their boys. Right. I said that in the first episode of this season. I was yeah. like, it's our boys are back. They added a couple new ones, and that's it. Like, right. It was just adding more to the, what we already loved. Right. Well, we just added Dante and dropped, uh, unfortunately, Russell. Mm-hmm. Um, love the guy. Met him a couple of times. We hung out with him. He's really great. Really great. Um, wish him the best, man. I really hope he, he finds a team soon. Um, but... Fact, I'm talking about fact fiction, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, honestly look. It's it's still early in the season, right? Stage one, right? Um, but if if we don't see any, if we don't see improvements by stage two, mid stage two, then you got to start thinking. Okay, look, the players are essentially they are what are attracting your fan base, right? They're mm-hmm. worth paying the bills. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know there's talent on the team individually, talents through the roof, right? So then you got to start thinking, okay, well then you know who's responsible, right? Other NFL example, Green Bay Packers, right? You have Aaron fucking Rodgers, pardon my French, right? This is more one quarterback. You're we losing. We generally don't curse on the show, but we we kind of thrown out the window today. Yeah. We're just, you we're, started. We're, we're frustrated. <laughs> it's like and you're losing with Aaron Rodgers, right? You fire your defensive coordinator, and then you fire your head coach. Mm-hmm. If things aren't going to get any better, then you kind of start thinking, okay, like who's making the decisions of running certain compositions? So you got to start looking at, yes, unfortunately, you got to start looking at the coach. Is the language barrier thing? Is maybe, don't get me wrong, I've met Tyrone, love the guy, and, and I think he's a great coach too. I just, but at some point, at the end of the day, your team, it's a, it's a business, and you got to start yeah. thinking about, like, okay, right. you think about the team overall. Like, is the coach what's holding back? And this is exactly what I was saying after. Asked a couple after the first two two games, like honestly, why did we even like? I get everybody Tyron's everybody's favorite, but like getting rid of him and honestly, it was raucous. I was like, they both have to go. Raucous is the one calling the shots during the gameplay, from what we understand, and he's not making good calls anymore. And changing, we there need- is a very divisive argument on the internet i as somebody who proves like the outlaws reddit pages and, and things like that mm-hmm. where there is a it's very hotly debated whether or not raucous is currently a benefit to the team or not like, and, and people I, are i don't believe so he's an amazing player don't get me wrong yeah i don't think he's making good if he is the one actually making the calls they're not good calls right now yeah. if his he was the one that said let's go goats yeah, well, you, you audience made sure yeah. that they knew that was no, a bad I don't, idea. I don't think it's the players <laughs> making the composition change uh, t- um, decisions. Um, it, I'm pretty sure that that's that's on the on the coaching side of things. Um, primarily, I know this because I've I was a soccer player and, and I and I coached. That was my first job at high school. I mean, out of college, I was coaching high school. And if my players ran a ran a, uh, a composition or um, mm-hmm. formation that I didn't teach them or wanted them to run. You bet your ass they're going to get they're, they're gonna get But benched. Tyrong isn't there when they're playing. This is the players yeah. are making well, their they choices. Have, well, they have comms, though. They have. They think they have the coaches the aren't allowed in the between, comms. Between matches, though. Between matches, yes. Yeah. Yeah. But during but, during gameplay, they're not allowed to talk I, to I them. doubt that he would allow that, though. I, I doubt that he would allow it. Or at least I would hope that he wouldn't allow it mm-hmm. because you got to have that clear... If, if they're going against what you're practicing or what you're doing, 
then that should be a huge red flag and you shouldn't be playing those players, regardless mm-hmm. of whether they're hot shots or not. Like, sometimes you have to, what does it you have to break your price horse before before you can actually race it? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, if you have an all-star on the team that's clearly just a cancer to, to it or or something along XQC those lines. last year. Yeah. You get you, rid of yeah, it. You're, you're literally making the team right. worse. So I, I, I don't think so. I think that's coming from the top. Um, I think that's what just, what they're just practicing. Mm-hmm. Um, because we've seen this in other in other sports things. You get rid of you change the coaching staff. Generally, the players will adapt to the new coaching staff and get better for it. Right. Yep. And so, I mean, do we start there? Do we start at the top, or do we want to make a couple smaller choices in the field as well? At well, the I guess same that time? kind of like, brings us to our so final question. Our final question for the podcast, and, and that's really what do the outlaws need to change just based on the performance that we've seen so far to get good to get to be better in the league right now what are, what what are those changes that need to be made run, right now while we can my opinion run more sombra yeah, i was gosh, actually gonna say run sombra run and run Farah. i was like i want sombra and i want Farah on there i want somebody in the sky being like that's a cool tank you have way down there that i'm going to rock it to death mm-hmm. i want them to take like i've got it i really just want this new patch to come out so maybe some of the damage will come out so we can actually take the shields down mm-hmm. so where we can have run Junkrat, where we can run Farah, where we can run sombra and do good like I don't want I don't want the mercy meta back again. I don't want just to have, like every team has to run mercy. Right. I like the idea of having heroes that are varied uh, for heal uh, yeah healers that are varied. That's yeah. what I meant to say. Uh, but right now it's just uh. run yeah run more sombra. Dante has been killing it on sombra lately. Mm-hmm. He pl- they'll they'll play him uh, for maybe like half a match and we're we're on top and then they lose again. They go back to either they go to a different point or they lose another or they. Or they Lose a fight and then they go switching off to goats again. Yeah. I think you just gotta stick with it, man. And, and be aggressive. Don't stick to goats because it's not working for us. You're just, just, yeah. just get in there with our DPS Honestly, and, and get in their face. I am happier if we lose by not running goats. I will I, if we run consistently. Say screw it. We are not going to run what everybody else is running. We are going to stick with what we know works. Yeah. So whenever we do have to switch over metas to something else, if this does come true, like if it does shake up the game a little bit, mm-hmm. that. We're already on top. Everybody else now has to get used to that again. Right. If the meta shifts, then we become yeah. we have the advantage at that point. Mm-hmm. It's not a bad idea. It's been a rough few weeks for the uh, the outlaws. I do think it's going to get better for us uh, overall. I think it's just going to take a little bit. I'm really hoping that this patch really will change things in a very positive light very very soon. Very uh, soon. Um, you know, we still got to wait for it to be official right now because you know, right now you can like throw Diva across the map with this patch and they have to fix that. Honestly, um, I would I'd rather keep that in. Whatever, as soon as I saw that, I was like, that needs to stay in the game because that changes everything. Right, so there's this glitch where you, like, Lucio can speed boost and and D.Va uses her dash at the same time and then she just flies across the map. But this also applies to her ultimate. So she could just, like, literally fling her ultimate across the map. <laughs> yeah, I think I mean, it, I, I'm with you. I think it's got to stay. It's going to be fun. Just keep it in there. That would be hilarious. Let the chaos rain. I mean, yeah, come dude, on. Yeah. Like, that would be hilarious for something, like, when the, uh, against the Spark match where, like, the Spark are just, like, all in their spawn. Like, like, we're just, like, flinging bomb. D.Va bomb. <laughs> all right oh, that's everything stuff. that we have for the show this week it is going to get better guys if you're an outlaws fan we are there with you we do still love watching the team play it's just really rough for us overall right now um this is what chicago felt like for years <laughs> yeah probably yeah that's exactly yeah. true i mean at the end of the day same here i mean it's kind of you know as of it's it's obviously it's easy for us to sit here and speculate and this and that but at the end of the day they're pros they know what they're doing they they um 
they're sticking to what they're being taught and what they're what they're yeah. coaching and they're putting in countless hours. So mm-hmm. regardless, man, I mean, yeah, we're still going to root for them. Uh, You're just like I'm just some pleb in gold. I'm just <laughs> to be fair, I was in Masters on console, but I don't just don't play on PC that much. So, so I'm just saying. But anyways, moral story is it. Yeah, at the end of the day, man, I'm rooting. For, we're rooting. For, we're rooting for all of them. We get. We've gotten the opportunity. You, and James, and I. We've mm-hmm. we, we've actually met them, hung out with them, had dinner with them, and you know they're they're human beings just like the rest of us, and yeah. they deserve all the positivity and encouragement. So we just got to stick with them and trust them and trust the process and. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm just excited for the next watch party and the next couple of games. <laughs> and and speaking of that, uh, Joe, where can they find information out about that kind of stuff? Um, it, awesome. Just go ahead and um, if you're on Twitter, follow us on at LS Vanguard. Uh, if you're on Facebook, you can also just go ahead and facebook.com sl- uh, forward slash LS Vanguard and you will find us. Mm-hmm. Um, we also recently are all starting to kind of merge together into one banner. So, um the Houston supporters group in San Antonio uh, are now uh, kind of come under the, the Lone Star Vanguard banner. So now they are the Lone Star Vanguard, Lone Star Vanguard, Washington, San Antonio, <laughs> right? Uh, and um, we are also in the process of the supporters group in Houston, right? Um, that we kind of helped uh, a long time ago, uh, kind of get up and running. Uh, they're also going to be, you know, the, the, the Lone Star Vanguard because essentially we are we. That's what we are, right? We all support the same team. We. Um, we are trying to grow together as a community and show unity, and we're not going to be like yeah, we all like black and green. Yeah, so. we're all like black and green, <laughs> right? So we just want everyone f- uh, flying under the same uh, under the same banner, and which whichever city you go visit, you know, hey, guess what? There's a vanguard here. So yep. um, yeah. And as for us, if you love the sultry sounds of our voices, you can tune in every Monday on Twitch to our geek news show, The Surly Nerd. Tony, tell us about uh, Facebook. Doc- no, sorry, wrong one. Twitch.tv slash The Surly Nerd. Live, 730 Central-ish uh, every Monday. Uh, Facebook.com slash Surly Nerd. Uh, at The Surly Nerd is Twitter. Info at The Surly Nerd is our website or email. Websites at The Surly Nerd. Just, you, you, you figure it out. Just, just and we're figure on it out. Spotify now. And we, we, and we, both of these shows are on Spotify, yeah, actually. Absolutely fantastic. So, so yeah, go ahead yeah. and follow us on there. We'd really appreciate it. We really appreciate all of you who tune in every week for the Outlaws Outpost. You guys are all awesome. And until next time, heroes, good night. And good game. Bye.